right, welcome in. Tuesday, September 12th, the Outsider Sports Football Podcast. Ben Mandel, Dylan Mel, Corey Jason with me. I'm Ryan Valiant. Week one of the NFL season is in the books, and the NFL script writers, they came out swinging. Uh, we're going to get things started here. Remember, if you're a fan of the show, show your support. Follow it on Spotify, on YouTube. Leave those likes. Interact with our opinions down in the comments section on YouTube. We had our whole division deep dive series leading into the season. That was a lot of fun. And we're going to keep giving our thoughts. We're going to react to all that week one action, or most of it at least. So tell us what you thought about week one, what you're looking forward to, to week two. Who impressed you? Who are a bunch of frauds? <clears throat> Josh Allen. And uh, <laughs> let's get things started with the hottest news segment in the sports podcast industry exclusive right here to outsider sports Cole report weekly anthony richardson he looked uh pretty 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 good in his uh debut better than cj stroud and bryce young at least showed moments that yeah he's still a rookie but i don't know i'm excited for someone whose biggest flaws coming out of college was his uh accuracy and completion percentage franchise record for completions in his debut game and Jonathan Taylor expected to pass his physical. That news came out earlier this week, so that will reignite the trade rumors, which I am not looking forward to. But let's get into week one. I have a question to add to Colt's report first. Go ahead, Corey. When are we going to see a Richardson jersey behind you now? Um, I'm, I'm, it's on its When's way. When's that going to be? It's on its way. Uh, <laughs> help is on the way help is on the way we have a quarterback and nothing else now week one reaction where else can we start besides uh Corey's on the scene uh things aren't looking good there in MetLife stadium we gotta start with the jets bills game aaron Rodgers. the hype was real he was on hard knocks that whole team Everyone was feeling it. And then first offensive drive, Dwayne Brown absolutely sells. Let's the defender go basically unabated to the quarterback. Awkward tackle, hyperextension, torn Achilles. We talked about how the offensive line could be the Achilles heel for the New York Jets. And that, uh, that joke speaks for itself. Aaron Rodgers out for the year. Zach Wilson back in. They did enough to win the game. We'll talk more about that a little bit later, but. Where are the expectations now for the Jets? They were pretty high coming in. I don't know if any of us picked them to win the division, but certainly they're going to be in the playoff picture. Where are those expectations now? And do you guys think they're going to do anything at quarterback besides sticking with Zach Wilson? I think that's what they do. Maybe they bring in a, you know, another veteran backup, but I can't see them moving on, you know, bringing in Carson Wentz to be the starter. Well, and it's funny that your mind went to Carson Wentz because my mind actually first went to Matt Ryan. And I don't think either of them are good options. I think that the Colts will tell you, just stick with Zach Wilson. At this point, you're not going to get a better quarterback um, than what you were expecting. You're, Zach Wilson went out there and by no means was he very good. By no means was he perfect. But he did enough to win the game, and, you know, at the end, he made some horrible throws that were brought in by Garrett Wilson. But at the end of the game, you saw some confidence from Zach Wilson. And who knows, maybe you can let that roll. Maybe that can turn into something, and he can be a serviceable quarterback. And that's a win situation for the Jets. If you can turn Zach Wilson into something, even if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback next season, Maybe then you could flip Zach Wilson 
if he turns into what could be a project for some people or not as much work of a project. Now, as far as Aaron Rodgers, this is just really unfortunate. Four snaps into his Jets career. You know, everyone was talking about the Brett Favre comparison, you know, going to the Jets. And for it to just go like this is is really, really just bad luck. And I know there's been a lot of comments on the turf. I don't think you can blame this on the turf. This is just a freak football injury. And it's it's really unfortunate, but the season goes on and the Jets got to figure out who's going to be under center. Yeah, Ben, this is super unfortunate for the Jets, especially with how they played. You got to wonder, what was the ceiling with Aaron Rodgers with this team? The defense looks like it's clearly top tier. Garrett Wilson's an absolute freak. Brees Hall looks like he's just as explosive as he was before the ACL injury. And, you know, Ryan, you mentioned Dwayne Brown messed up. Honestly, it's the, it, they run the chip block scheme and Rodgers didn't like it. He told him he didn't want to run it and then they ran it. And then this is what happened. They ran it twice in four plays. He was immediately pressured both times, torn Achilles this time. You know, the Jets going forward, they got to hope that Zach Wilson can be a game manager. The team has enough talent that if Zach Wilson can avoid turning the ball over, they can be a wild card team in the AFC. Now, it's a loaded AFC, so they'll need to rely a lot on the run game and the defense, but it could happen. Zach Wilson has really good athletic attributes. You know, he is mobile. He does have a really good arm in terms of how deep he could throw the ball. If maybe this summer he learned from Aaron, I don't know. Clearly, when he hopped into that game, they were very vanilla. It was a lot of screens, a lot of short yardage plays, a lot of let's just try and grind out this win in game plan going forward. They were able to do that. I'll be real interested to see how this looks going forward, but a brutal next couple of weeks. You got New England, Dallas, Kansas City, Philadelphia. Not a great stretch of games. We talked about it early on. For Rodgers, it was going to be tough. It's going to be even tougher for Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah I do want to. I, sorry, Corey, I just want to throw in as well. It's not like Zach Wilson had an easy test to get thrown into like this as well against Buffalo. This is still a very good, high-quality team. That remains to be seen. But a lot of Jet fans, at least in my area, even after last night's game, their whole thought process is, let's go into the bye 3-3. Three and three. Now, where those two other wins come from, I don't know. But they kind of think that they still got a shot in – to be frank, to be frank, I don't think the expectations change at all. We've seen over the last few years that Rodgers isn't what he was. He has slowed down. He's a good game manager at this point, but he's not ripping off, you know, 15-yard runs with his legs much anymore. He's doing it occasionally. The arm strength and the intelligence is there. His football IQ is what made him great. That's why the Jets were in the position they were when they got him. Everybody said Super Bowl, not because he's the most talented guy there. He's not even probably a top 10 most talented quarterback now, just due to regression because of his age. But he has he's got more football smarts than anybody in the league now. So even if he's not on the field, he's still going to have a headset on, I'm sure. He's going to talk to Zach Wilson. He's going to coach him through it. And it might be best case scenario for the Jets because they actually now have a young quarterback with some talent. And they get all the experience of Rodgers to mentor him. It sucks. I wish it didn't happen. It's kind of scummy that some sport books had uh, Aaron Rodgers over half a passing yard as a boosted odds play. And then didn't uh, didn't cancel it out. They let everybody lose that. It's kind of funny. But 
it's just such a sucky situation for the Jets. But who knows? I think that uh, they really should just stick to Zach Wilson. They're going to get a new backup, which they should. I mean, you got Wentz out there who's got a connection to Joe Douglas. Nick Foles is still available. Joe Flacco still wants to play. He's familiar. And then, Dylan, you mentioned the cut blocking, right? Robert Sala, he doesn't call the plays. It's not his offense. He's a defensive guy. That's Hackett. And who's Hackett's boy? That's Rodgers. So there should be no griping about the cut blocking because that is Aaron Rodgers' handpick OC. So I'm just saying it's not fair to – Blame Dwayne Brown. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no you're because right. he did what yeah. he was told. That was no, no, the no, only you, point I You're totally right. Make. But just bringing it up, like, I blame Rodgers for that. Don't bring in a cut block centric OC that you're best friends with if you don't like cut blocking offensive. I mean, well, just, if you're cutting, though, you shouldn't be cut blocking on anything more than a three step drop. Well, yeah, so Rodgers should have got the ball out quicker then. Which is what he was point. complaining about the whole time was he didn't like all camp about how quick he had to get it out. So they should have known three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whenever they really started to get into, you know, into this two months ago, that, you know, maybe not do some cut blocking like every other team in the league. Because I think it came out that only two teams now really do the cut blocks because you're getting too low to the ground and it's increasing injury, I believe is what they were saying. So it's just one of those things where, like, I got no, you know, ill will towards Rodgers, but also, like, no sympathy for the whole cut-blocking story because that's all on him. Yeah, we'll see where the Jets go from here with Zach Wilson. Maybe we do see the improvement with Zach. Maybe he could tap into that, you know. Remember at his combine, the throw that got him drafted second overall in the first place? Maybe he could show us some of that. Jets will go as far as Zach Wilson can take him or, you know, as long as they could drag him along with him. Um but so this podcast obviously will come out on Wednesday. I'm also going to have the weekly outsider sports football column. I'm going to go into some of the other games and reactions from week one. So I want to throw it right back to you guys. What other games really piqued your interest and what other takeaways do you guys have from opening kickoff weekend? Well, I want to talk about Bengals Browns because this is a game that, you know, while I watched it completely, you know, on the surface, there were a lot of boring factors in this game. The weather was a big part of it. But I was actually very much promised. But I was very uplifted by what I saw from Deshaun Watson. I thought he looked very strong. I thought he made smart decisions with the football. I felt the run game for the Browns looked really good. I think his uh, relationship with Amari Cooper is only going to grow. I think he likes his receivers there. I think he's developing chemistry. You can see the difference. He's using his legs. He looks more comfortable on the football field. And that was my biggest takeaway from the Browns. The fact that they beat the Bengals the way they did is a it's a cherry on top because the biggest thing is getting to Sean Watson acclimated and comfortable because without him, this team isn't going anywhere. Now on the Bengals side of things, it's very easy to look at this overreact and think, Oh my God. But this is pretty much what happened last year. Joe Burrow was horrible week one after missing the preseason misses the preseason again this year, the weather was horrendous. And you know, he went out there and laid an egg I'm not worried about the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, if it starts to pile up, then okay, maybe you can worry because this is supposed to be the last year with this group together. So, you know, maybe there is something more to it, but I think that they're going to be okay. Joe Burrow is going to be fine. Not to mention the fact the Browns do have a really good defense and the weather was bad. Good pass rush, good DBs, you know, bad weather, not a good uh, line of events for a quarterback. 
Yeah, Ben, I agree with you there. I think a team like Cincinnati who's been in the AFC Championship the last two years, them starting 0-1, you can give them a little breathing room before you overreact. But it did tell me a lot about the Browns, especially that defense. The quarterback pressures that they got still, you know, despite the weather, that's a great D-line. Darius Smith showing immediately to have effects for this team. They're going to be dangerous, and they are very much so in the playoff picture. There were questions there. I think they're going to be there. Um, the game I want to talk about, the Green Bay Packers absolutely destroyed the Chicago Bears. And this was a very much anti-Bears podcast for the right reasons. It was a team that was the number one pick in the draft. They were the worst team. They ended last year on a 10-game losing streak, and they added DJ Moore, and everybody thought that they were going to be some playoff team. The Packers are a much more complete team. They have the best defense in the NFC North. But Jordan Love, that's the story of this game. What was he going to be? Cool, calm, collected, confident, hitting his throws. Aaron Jones had a great role for him. Romeo Dobbs, two touchdowns. Musgrave almost had a huge play. Jordan Love just overthrew him a little bit. And they put up nearly 40 points without their wide receiver one in Christian Watson. The Green Bay Packers are players in the NFC this year. I'm willing to stamp my approval on that off of just week one. I don't think it's an overreaction. No, I don't think it's an overreaction either. I think they really showed what they were adding Christian Watson. in. like you said, that's going to be huge for them. Really excited to see how they progress. But I want to highlight one thing. Broncos country. Let's ride to the first overall pick. These Broncos are bad Russ just doesn't have it in him anymore. I mean, you guys heard what Sean Payton said, right? He's got to stop kissing babies, <laughs> not running for office. But Payton's right. Russ spends so much time trying to get everybody to like him that he really has no personality. He doesn't know how to lead anybody in the locker room. He's just out of it. He just wants to be a celebrity at this point. I just feel bad because the wide receiver room took a hit between Hamler, Judy, uh, Tim Patrick, everybody just leaves Cortland Sutton there. And Cortland Sutton was a pretty big fantasy darling last year coming into the season. A lot of people thought he was going to, you know, explode into a wide receiver one type person. And that didn't work out because of Russ. They played the Raiders and the Raiders are pretty hapless. I'm not going to lie. I don't think the Raiders are very good to you. Jimmy G is Jimmy G. But, you know, they still beat the Broncos in an AFC West showdown. And I think we're just looking at two bottom feeders in the AFC, and if not the league. And if the if Russ doesn't get back to what he was when he was with Seattle, the Broncos are in for a long ride, and that's going to look to be one of the worst trades in NFL history when it's all said and done. Yeah, Corey, I definitely agree with you there. 16 points only at home against that Raiders defense when you had weeks to prepare. You bring in an offensive guy in Sean Payton. You know, I get it. He had some wide receiver injuries. But that defense didn't even have Chandler Jones with everything going on there. So a bad Raiders defense to begin with, missing one of their top-tier players. And you're at home, weeks to prepare, Sean Payton, 16? They look like the same Broncos team of last year. Well, and, and Sean Payton has done a lot more with a lot less at wide receiver as well. Yeah. yeah. You, you think Caleb Williams will like Denver? I think he'll like the desert of Arizona a little more, but yeah, Jimmy G still finding a way to get some wins. Jordan Love looks like the heir apparent to a Hall of Fame uh, quarterback career, and Miles Garrett was practicing his basketball crossover moves before 
getting right to Joe Burrow. So before we move on to week two, let's shine that spotlight on the under-recognized names of the NFL outsider of the week. I got to go right to, I, I mentioned it earlier, Xavier Gibson, the undrafted rookie for the Jets, made the 53. We saw that special moment on Hard Knocks. And then he went out and won the game for him in overtime, punt return for a touchdown and kind of an honorable mention added in there. Joe Buck had an awesome call. Joe Buck gets a lot of hate from myself included, but I really liked his call on that play. He did a good job on that call as well of knowing when to let the moment take over. That was, that's a very underappreciated art in that as well. Now I'm just going to jump right into my outsider I'm going with a running back from Atlanta. No, it's not Bijan Robinson. Tyler Algier, the running back, uh, uh, two out there in Atlanta. He had a good start to the year last year, or really finished the year last year. And everyone wrote him off once this team drafted Bijan. Well, he had 15 carries, 75 yards, and a pair of scores. Great week for Algier, who ended up outscoring Bijan who is supposed to be the starter. Great job for him showing that, hey, running back is just a position, right? Anyone can play it. Yeah, who needs pass catchers in Atlanta when you got two great running backs? Yeah, Calpits, Calpits. Yeah, Ben, uh, both running backs in Atlanta, over 20 fantasy points. Arthur Smith has made it clear what his offense is. Um, I'm going back to the Monday Night Football game. Outside of the week, you know, he's kind of a well-known player. Jordan Whitehead, though, I can't imagine we're going to bring him up again this season. Maybe he'll prove us wrong, but three interceptions has to be talked about. He actually hit his contract goal for the year. The incentive was if he hit three interceptions, he'd get $250,000. He got it in night one. (laughs) So just a great night for Whitehead. Huge reason, probably the MVP of the game. Obviously, Gibson with the huge play at the end, but... Jordan Whitehead just absolutely making Josh Allen look terrible. You know, there kind of seems to be a theme with uh, a lot of picks and a lot of talk. And we've talked about it a lot. The running back position's dead, right? Anybody you thought was going to be a starter, that job's up in the air. You thought it was going to be Bijan? Nope, wait, Algiers here. You thought it was going to be Najee? Nope, somebody else is taking over. But one of those guys that took over from somebody else. He was the first running back, I think, this year that was at least drafted fantasy-wise to lose his starting job already. I'm talking Cam Akers' new lead back, Kyron Williams from the Rams. Everybody thought Akers was going to be this guy, right? Everybody picked him, you know, late-round RB2, maybe flex play RB3. Nope. He's going to be off to the wayside. He's somebody that shouldn't even be rostered soon, I bet. Williams, 15 rushes, right? 52 yards, doesn't sound much. Two touchdowns. He also got a little look in the, the passing game. I expect that to increase because Stafford looks healthy, and he's going to need all the help he can get without Cup. But Williams looks to be that first guy that has kind of supplanted the already made starter, and he will be that week-to-week lead back. And, you know, that's going to happen to everybody, I think, in this league now. You're going to see it week-to-week, a new back lead here and there even in places you didn't think. You saw Tajay Spears kind of oversnap Derrick Henry. Anybody expect that? No. So that's kind of where you want to look at, and I feel like at least some of our outsiders of the week this year, they're just going to be the number two or number three running back that just explodes because running backs are dead. 
Yeah, and we'll see if the Rams, if they're back to form with Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, and some other guys healthy. Obviously, they're waiting on Cooper Cup yet. Or if Seattle is just uh, more pretender than they were contender coming into 2023. But speaking of Seattle, as we move looking ahead to week two now, I want, I'm really looking forward to the Detroit-Seattle matchup coming up. Their last two matchups, Seattle beat Detroit back in January of 2022. So that was the tail end of that regular season, 51 to 29. They followed up later that calendar year with a shootout where Seattle once again came out on top, 48-45. So Detroit with that offense, they look pretty good. Obviously, week one, some kinks will get worked out. Maybe Seattle, the same thing. Maybe they'll look a little better, especially JSN, the rookie. He did end up playing. Uh, with that wrist injury. We'll see how he looks, but I'm excited for that matchup. Should be a fun one, especially if you have a lot of stake on your fantasy teams with those two guys. Yeah, I'm going over to Jacksonville, Kansas City. And this is a rematch of the divisional playoff game from last year. So already, you know, Jacksonville is going to be fired up. They're raring to go. They're ready. And hey, I think that, you know, Trevor Lawrence and company, they have something to prove. And I mean, do do you see Kansas City starting 0-2? So there's a lot at stake here because Jacksonville, hey, they didn't look great at the tail end of that one uh, in week one. And, you know, Kansas City, this is a real opponent. People may not take Jacksonville seriously if they go and get wiped by Kansas City here. Yeah, Ben, Jacksonville home opener too. So what what a weekend it'll be. (laughs) I'm going with the Thursday night game. Of course, I had to fit my Eagles on the show somehow. Vikings, Eagles, it's almost become a tradition for the Eagles early in the season to beat up on Kirk Cousins. And we get to see it this Thursday. I'm really looking forward to this game because I've seen a lot of chatter about the Eagles facing washed allegations already. And I just like to pump the brakes. Rainey in Foxborough gave Bill Belichick the greatest defensive mind to hold preseason this game for this game. And he still walked out of there with a win. Let's pump the brakes on the washed allegations. I have a feeling Thursday night against a bad Vikings defense, Eagles offense is going to pop for over 30 points and look a lot better. It doesn't matter how good the Vikings are and how bad the Eagles are. The Eagles always seem to destroy the Vikings. I mean, there's definitely some team that's washed on that Thursday night game. It's just not the Eagles. (laughs) <laughs> the the Vikings are, are the washed ones there. I fully expect Philly to just roll them. I, I can't imagine the Vikings coming close to anywhere. The line's at minus that. seven. It's It started at minus eight. It's now at minus seven. The public is betting spread, Vikings. I might alt spread that minus 14 Philly. <laughs> it's I'm not going to be close. The one I want to look at, though, is Las Vegas at Buffalo. Raiders 1-0. Bills 0-1. Josh Allen looked like Daniel Jones. Just he looked like what he was out of Wyoming, just a bad quarterback. Just chucked it up blindly and said, Jordan Whitehead's out there somewhere, right? He just threw it. He did not look like a quarterback. He looked like he had no idea what he was doing. And you know what? I get that the Jets have a great defense, but Sauce Gardner did not have a good game, had the worst game of his career as a pro, right? He was. Awful, gave up almost every ball thrown at him, was a completed catch. And he still, you know, shut down Josh Allen. I want to see how Josh Allen b- bounces back against a much worse team. But then again, the Raiders, 
are they going to be one of this year's darling teams like Seattle last year? You know, one of the teams that you didn't expect to really be anything and they kind of surprise you? Because imagine Jimmy G marches into Buffalo and Josh Allen starts the year 0-2, right? Just, oh, just picture it. Picture it. Imagine how crazy the script is on that one. I'm not saying it's going to happen because the Bills are going to be mad and they're going to be raring to go. But if that can happen, you're going to have to start talking some crazy stuff in Buffalo. But I'm really interested to see how the Bills can bounce back off that Jets heartbreaker. We're taking Bills team total over in that game. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how some of these teams respond. I, I was surprised even Donnie mentioned that there are washed allegations. Like you said, Bill Belichick had several since schedule release back in May to prepare for the Eagles. And I mean, you look at it, the 49ers, the Eagles, the two top teams in the NFC last year, they came in and won 49ers in convincing fashion over the preseason darling Pittsburgh Steelers. Then you go to the AFC, all the top teams didn't really win. I think it's because Dallas and San Francisco looked so dominant and Philadelphia didn't that that's where a lot of the chatter comes from. It could be, but I mean, look, Chiefs lost, you know, Chris Jones back, Kelsey should be back. Bengals, they'll figure it out. Bills will figure it out. The Ravens, they won. But, I mean, I don't know. Did you guys see their injury report? Dobbins, he had an Achilles injury. He's out for the year. Uh, Ronnie Stanley was getting checked out. I think Marcus Williams getting checked out. Yeah, Marcus Williams on my dynasty fantasy team in our league. There is is another. um, Tyler Linderbaum, too, is going to be day-to-day or week-to-week or month-to-month if you're in Baltimore. And they were also without their star tight end in Mark Andrews. So, the injury is piling up already for Baltimore, unfortunately, but we'll see how some of these teams bounce back. If they come back to earth, how they respond to week one, we'll see how they do in week two. We're going to react to that. And then we'll be looking forward to week three, you know, carry on business as usual here at Outsider Sports. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Outsider Sports 3. Check out our website, outsidersports.net, YouTube, Spotify. Enjoy week two, Outsiders. Make your picks, place your bets, and come back here next week to the Outsider Sports Football Podcast. Thanks for listening.